0: World's Finest Podcast, Episode 86. James Doe, and with me, as always, is Michael David Sims. Hello. <laughs> You're still laughing at what I did off the air, aren't you?
1: Yeah, we're not even 30 seconds into this show, and we've already got the ending outtake. So, uh, yeah, unless, unless you know, there, there's something funnier that ends up getting cut, um, you know, during the, 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 the recording proper here. Yeah, yeah, I would suggest you guys all listen to the end of this show. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Indeed. Yes,
1: but uh, anyways, how are you?
0: Um. Fine. Uh, got off work, and here I am recording literally 20 minutes after I got off work. At least I love this story, so.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm real excited to get to the end today. So let's let's just get straight into these uh, emails and voicemails. Um, do you mind if we play the voicemails first? Uh, Not at all. Okay, and uh, we have two of them, so here we go.
2: Hey, Mike and James, to again. Um, I'm listening to. Uh, WFP episode 84. I was about to say 48. <laughs> um, and I had kind of have some. Um, I don't know if there's good news about this for you guys. But um, James said that he didn't want. That he said that Catwoman doesn't really work in any. Um, any um, story. Well, I'm basically, well, I kind of got some bad news. Um, I have the newest issue of Game Informer, and the good news is. They are making a second Batman game. It's going to be called Arkham City. It's going to be held in City. But the bad news is that you'll never guess who Batman has to rescue. Catwoman. But I have good news. Two-Face is going to be in it. And I'm looking at it right now, and the graphics look awesome. Um, But the good thing is that I don't think Catwoman is going to be in this way for, like, that long. I think she's just going to be like a, like a one-off, but, your girl looks good, and the voice cast is back. Yeah, so that's really all I have to say. And, uh, once again, my congratulations on your engagement, and I'm going to go. What,
0: what did you say about Catwoman exactly? Because I'm having my, trouble remembering. My opinion of Catwoman is, she does not work as, the, front and center villain of a story. Right. she, she works as a secondary villain or as an anti-hero she's but i think as we found out in btas she does not work as the main villain in a story no that's that's my opinion
1: yeah so you know if they use her the right way she'll she'll be just fine she's she's gonna play a foil to batman not a good guy not a bad guy just a tweener an anti-hero whatever you want to call her And uh, here's our other voicemail. Hello,
2: World's Finest Podcast. This is Kevin calling from Florida. And I need you guys' help with clearing up some Robin information. Um, Up until this point, I was only familiar with the DC Animated Universe Robin, so I was only introduced to uh, Dick Grayson and Tim Drake. But I was watching Batman Under the Red Hood um, a couple days ago, and I was introduced to one more. Uh, the Jason Todd character, I think, he is his. Uh, I think is his name. So, who is he? Where did he come from? Can you fill in some gaps for me? And also, is this in continuity with Batman: The Animated Series or Teen Titans? Thank you, guys. Love the show.
1: Uh, so, so real quickly, just a Jason Todd history lesson. Um, if you saw Batman Under the Red Hood, you know everything you need to know about Jason Todd. <laughs> That's a very faithful um, rendition of, or not rendition, ad- adaptation of who that character is. Uh, but basically, yeah, Dick Grayson and Bruce they had a falling out. Uh, Dick stopped being Robin, ended up becoming the character Nightwing. Um, in, in, in the meantime, you know, Batman's running around without a Robin. Um, he stumbles across this street kid who was stealing the tires off the Batmobile, just as we see in Under the Red Hood, and uh, he takes him in. Trains him, makes him the second Robin, and uh, he's he's very hard-edged. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, there was a moment where he let a killer or a rapist or something fall to his death. Someone please correct me if I'm wrong. And, uh, you know, th- that was just one of many signs that he was not the light-hearted, happy-go-lucky Robin that uh, everybody was used to with Dick Grayson. Um, shortly thereafter... He goes on a quest to find his mother because uh, you know he was he was a street kid. He didn't know who his mom was. He was an orphan, and uh, it led him to whatever country it was. And uh, the Joker captured him, beat him to a bloody pulp with a crowbar, and then blew him up. So yeah,
0: hope that helped. All right, should we move on to the emails? Yeah. Uh, next, uh, I'm sorry, first one today is from Layla, who writes, Mike and Jim, I agree completely that Speedy Gonzalez and Mossy Manos are not negative portrayals of Latinos. If anything, they're positive portrayals, sort of like how Luke Cage, though stereotypical, is a positive role model for minorities. It is so annoying when race becomes an issue in this day and age, such as Bill Cosby purchasing the rights to the original Little Rascal so nobody remembers the stereotypes. Originally, the Speedy Gonzales cartoons weren't on the Looney Tunes DVDs until Latino's petition, stating that they fondly remembered the shorts from their youth. Now the releases have disclaimers that say cartoons, the cartoons are of their time, and even though blackface and such are not acceptable today, to deny their existence is just as bad as condoning them. I agree uh, with that completely. Back when... When an African-American was considered for the Spider-Man reboot, people were complaining that they wouldn't cast a Caucasian as Black Panther or Black Lightning. That is a debate for another day, but in today's day and age, a character should be identified by what's on the inside, not on the outside. Cliché yet true. On a lighter note, however, what do you guys think of the recasting for Bruce Banner from Ed Norton to Mark Ruffalo for The Avengers? Personally, since the Hulk will probably have more screen time than Banner, it shouldn't be much of an issue. Speaking of The Avengers, Downey is uh, contracted for only two more films. That being Avengers and Iron Man 3. And since the roster will probably need to change for the sequels, what other Avengers would you like to see as the franchise continues? For me, it would be Hank Pym, Wasp, Miss Marvel, and Vision. And the latter would work best in a film with Ultron as the villain. I think Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are owned by Fox along with the X-Men characters. And that Luke Cage and Iron Fist should be in a Heroes for Hire movie on their own. Thoughts?
1: Now, as for the Avengers... Um, and and what Avengers, you know, we'd like to see down the line in the films. Um, I like the fact that Hawkeye is uh, going to be in the Avengers movie. I don't know if he's going to be introduced in the Captain America movie first or the Avengers movie first, but, you know, if they could use him just for the Avengers movies, that'd be great. I'm a big Hawkeye fan. Um, There is supposedly an Ant-Man movie coming down the line. I don't remember if they're using Hank or Aaron um, what was his name, Aaron O'Grady, or was it Eric O'Grady? Shoot, now I'm suddenly forgetting. Uh, from the Irredeemable Ant-Man, that Ant-Man. I don't know which one they're using. Um, but I'd actually prefer it if they used the, the, what was his name, Scott Lang Ant-Man. Um, I just I just liked him the best out of all the Ant-Men, or would it be Ant-Mans? I don't know. Um, let's see, who else? You know, Vision, I I think they might be able to pull him off, as you said, if they did, like, the Ultron storyline. Um, you know, get Hank in there, he creates Ultron, Ultron creates Vision, and then you've got this weird family dynamic going on with them. Um, I'm a big fan of Wonder Man, but I don't know if they could do him right. But if they're bringing in Thor, a god, um, then they could bring in some guy with ionic powers, I guess. I don't know. Um, uh, What's her name? Carol Danvers would be great. Spider-Woman, if they could do her. Um, I wouldn't bring in Luke... And, uh, Iron Fist is, yeah, let, let's save them for a Heroes for Hire TV show is what I think they should do with that one. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know what, I'll throw Jack of Hearts in there. He was kind of a weird character with a really crappy design, <laughs> but, I, but I, I I actually kind of enjoyed that character, and I was actually quite sad when, uh, he, uh, died in, uh, I think it was Avengers Disassembled. So, uh, do, do, you, are, do you follow the Avengers? Is, is there anybody you'd want to bring in?
0: I... I don't know much about the Avengers. Uh, Every character you mentioned, I know of. Okay. But So I'll just go ahead and agree with you. Okay. Um, yeah. I was going to mention uh, on one of Layla's other questions here about the uh, recasting of oh, Bruce yeah. Banner. Mm-hmm. Um, supposedly, Ed Norton is a huge pain in the ass yeah. on the set. So, you know, sucks. I mean, I think he did a great job as Bruce Banner, and I really was hoping to see him in the Avengers. But what are you going to do?
1: Yeah, you know, I've heard so many stories about Ed Norton uh, basically going into the editing booth and recutting films, um, even going behind the director's back to do it. So I understand why they, if that's why they dumped him, I understand it. Um, but really, I don't care. You know, it's we want to see the Hulk, not Banner. I want yeah. to see Banner once in a while, you know, he's all tormented. Oh no, there's the green guy or emo the gray emo guy. kid. <laughs> exactly. You know, I mean, just just bring the Hulk into to rampage. That's what this movie's probably going to be, you know, the Hulk it's probably going to be pretty much what the first Avenger story is, you know, you know, Loki tricks the Hulk, the Hulk goes on a rampage and the Avengers got to stop him. You know, it's like that, that that's fine. So we're going to see the Hulk and that Banner. So doesn't matter to me. As long as Banner can be be portrayed as someone who's brilliant, but is carrying around all this emotional baggage, who cares?
0: Yeah. All right. Next email is from Tony, who writes, hey, guys, great podcast as usual. Congratulations on the engagement, Mike. Thank you. First of all, I was curious why you chose to cover the Lost episode in this episode of WFP and not with... Titans uh, Trouble in Tokyo where I first saw it is there some information about the way this quote unquote episode was first produced or released that I'm not aware of
1: yeah it has okay just because you saw it on the uh, as an extra special feature on the uh, Teen Titans uh, Trouble in Tokyo DVD uh, doesn't mean that's when it was produced it was I think produced between the third and fourth seasons I'm trying to look that up right now just bear with me here um, yeah, its production code is two five six five two zero, um, which actually doesn't fall in line at all with any of the Teen Titan stuff, but yeah, I read something somewhere that basically, okay, it happens after season three, yeah, because, uh, what, because, uh, Silky's in it, okay,
3: mm-hmm.
1: so it has to happen after that, and I just figured it was a good place to, to, to do it between, you know, basically a buffer between seasons three and four
0: episode 257-494 is a hilarious episode that i can watch anytime the reference references in it are countless control freak is pretty much all of us as supervillains, and the episode itself has serious balls because robin is literally breaking the fourth wall by demanding the audience to stop watching his own show <laughs> yeah. and, and then at the end the titans blatantly tell the audience let yes there is no moral here it was all completely meaningless deal with it that takes either serious balls or serious pompousness.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I want to say, hang on one second, over at mm-hmm. the forums, I forget who it is, I don't have it open right now, someone had pointed out that if you actually pay attention to the end of the episode, they're still in the TV. I had never thought about this before. The Titans, they're sitting around, uh, oh, maybe I should just open it here, like drinking coffee and Cyborg still has that blonde girl or whatever, or the brunette or whatever it was, still on his arm
0: mm-hmm.
1: from the soap opera. And then I think there might even be... If there isn't a laugh track, at least they end all laughing at each other. And it's like, oh, I never thought about that. They never made it out of the TV. (laughs) So there you go. (laughs) Uh,
0: One note you forgot to mention in your review of Cyborg the Barbarian was that Sarah Sims' name was an homage to Sarah Sims' cyborg's love interest from the comics. Not the way you would expect them to bring her into the show, but still a cool reference. In your review, you mentioned Dragon Ball Z and how it's most ...criticized flaw was the extended fight scenes and really long and extended plot lines. For this reason, I'd like to recommend to you and everyone listening a brand new series called Dragon Ball Z Kai, which is basically a remastering and re-editing of the original series to make it of HD quality, or as close to it as a 20-year-old animation can get, and to cut out as much filler uh, material as possible to make the story much shorter and more like the original manga. The English dub by Funimation is a brand new one with the returning actors uh clearing showing their years of experience playing these roles for over 10 years and most of the recast actors do pretty good uh too, yeah, do pretty well too despite a lot of controversy over Gohan's new voice actor. However, there are times in the, uh when the new series makes the space of time between events seem a bit too short such as how Piccolo leaves Gohan to survive in the woods by himself for 6 months in one episode and then the six months already passing, and Piccolo's actually training of, uh, actual training of Gohan beginning in the next episode. Seriously, though, it is a great treat for us uh, DBZ fans, and it, along with the manga, in my opinion, should be the primary blueprint if anyone ever wants to try making a Dragon Ball live-action movie again, and wants to get it right.
3: Sure.
0: To answer your question about birthmark, Mike, this whole season was a loose adaptation of The Terror of Trigon from Marv Wolfman and George Prez's around the Titans, just like season two was a loose adaptation of The Judas Contract. From what I've heard... Both Judas Contract and Terror Trigon are the two best storylines of that entire run. And speaking of birthmark, I too, I too got a serious rapist vibe from Slade in this episode. In fact, I always wondered if in a symbolic PG way, Slade was raping her in that scene when her clothes got ripped off. Even more bizarre, we have an episode where Slade behaves this way. And what character do the Titans start, uh, fight at the start of the episode? Dr. Light. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure that this episode was produced before Infinite Crisis came out. So, how creepy a coincidence is that? Um, um no,
1: Infinite. I'm to yeah. checking that. I think Infinite Crisis came out before Teen Titans ever hit the air. Yeah, because
0: this was this episode was 2005. I know mm, that.
1: No, no, December 2005 is when Infinite Crisis came out.
0: Oh, the very wow.
1: first issue. And what episode are we talking about? The The Quest. No, Birthmark. Birthmark, yeah. Birthmark was February 2005. So huh. now keep in mind that, you know, they're, they're being produced by, yeah, they're all owned by Warner Brothers, but they're being produced really by two separate, completely separate companies that aren't talking to each other. It's just a weird little coincidence there. That's all.
0: And, guys, just for the sake of accuracy, the villain of Employee of the Month is officially named The Source. Snufu is the name of the alien tofu that comes from him and that the bobs are made out of. I know this because I've seen all the villain profiles found on the third, fourth, and fifth season DVDs. I actually wanted to mention that myself in, the lat- in our episode 85 recording. Uh-huh. Uh, I went and watched um, the these villain profile things. They're basically like three-minute, um, com- uh, you know, Creator commentaries on these episodes. Yeah, because they did, they did one on Trigon, they did one on the Source, on uh, uh Billy, numerous. Um, uh, your favorite? <laughs> and, oh yeah, yeah. Let me tell you. And the the one where they did they talked about the Source was just it was hilarious. And Andrea Romano was talking about. I, I don't think anybody could ever actually explain the plot of that episode, <laughs> and it was it was great. <laughs> so, well, if you haven't seen them, go watch them. They're kind of funny, actually. Did. Did we ever actually say
1: that Nufu was his name, or did I just get lazy and keep calling him the Nufu I think guy that, or Nufu? I think the latter, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know his name is this, because he does say, James, you can do the voice in a second. My name, or I am the source, you know. that That's where you're supposed to do the voice, sir.
0: <laughs> I am the source. <laughs> there we
1: go. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think I just got lazy and didn't feel like calling him the source. I just preferred saying Nufu. But no, you're absolutely right. His name is the source,
0: yeah. I'm so excited to see Avatar The Last Podcast added to the Earth2.net lineup. I just wish that it wasn't only one episode per month. And lastly, since we're all Star Wars fans here, I wanted well, to ask...
1: Well, well, you know, Kellen does have another podcast. There's twice a week. You might have heard of it. It's called An Amazing Podcast. Amazing Podcast, yeah. Really good show. I mean, you know, I don't always know what Kellen and his friends are talking about because I'm not a big anime guy, but I always get a kick out of listening to it. You know, and even still... The site has like a dozen podcasts. Some that are ended, some that are still rolling, some that have, you know, dozens and dozens of episodes. So go check out that archive, man. <laughs> lot of good shows on there, and I can tell you there's, there's a lot more coming. A lot more coming within the next six months.
0: Uh, lastly, since we're all Star Wars fans here, I wanted to ask for your complete thoughts on the current animated series Star Wars The Clone Wars. Now that... That I like. I like that idea, but we'll have to shelve that for now. Looking forward to your next podcast and your review of the end. Shelve what? The, this idea of the Star Wars the Clone Wars podcast because oh, I was
1: would, was, oh, he, was he, wait, w- read that part again. Maybe I zoned out. Was he pitching a podcast? I seemed like it. Uh, oh, I thought he was just randomly asking what we thought about that cartoon.
0: Oh. Well, when he he put complete in bold letters, so I'm guessing oh. that's a hint hint oh. that he wants a podcast out of it which I got to say would be pretty cool because I love that show. You know what? I've only seen one episode and that was the
1: one where the clone troopers, one of the clone troopers stumbled upon another clone trooper who had like quietly retired and was living like a family life. That's and you know, so the, the clone trooper who's still active is conflicted because he's like, do I arrest this guy for being a deserter or do I let him live his life? And it was a really strong episode. Um, but I've just had no desire to watch any more of it.
0: I, I would recommend it. Okay. I, I really like the show. Okay. For, I, don't, I hardly ever got to see it when it was really in its run on Cartoon Network. But it seemed like every episode I watched was pretty damn good. Yeah, well, aren't we talking about the one that's still ongoing with the... I don't know if it's still going or not because uh, I haven't seen it in so long. See... The... I get
1: confused with a lot of the Star Wars shit that's out there, so maybe the one that's going on is, is under a different name, and that's the one I'm talking about.
0: Next one is from Steve who writes, Hey, guys, uh, have you seen Terry's turn in both Superman, Batman, Annual Number 4, and a mention in Superman, Batman Number 5 as well, and in Batman 700? If so, what are your thoughts? Also, in terms of how they're trying to fit Terry in with the uh, current continuity, uh, well in Batman 700's case or in the Superman Batman annual number four just mixing both DC continuity and DCAU continuity. And what were you hoping will come from the miniseries and that has uh and has that changed knowing, well Mike anyway, what happened in issue number one?
1: I don't read Batman comic books. Um, well Batman and Robin, you know, I read that when it's collected. But I don't read them from month to month. I am so disinterested with everything that's been going on in the Batman books. Again, outside of Batman and Robin. For a couple of years now, which is a shame. Because Dick Grayson is currently running around as Batman. I should be all like, yeah, he stepped up to the plate. He's, he's the big boy now. But we all knew Bruce was coming back. And he'd either push Dick aside, that sounds bad... Um, or they do something wonky with it. What they're going to do is, well, I'm not going to spoil it, but the info is out there if you want to hear what they're going to do once Bruce comes back. And I don't agree with that at all. So it looks like even going into the future, I'm not going to keep reading the Batman books, and that includes Batman Beyond books. The only reason I actually read Batman Beyond number one was because uh, Preston and I did it for uh, first-issue special. The only reason I have any uh, clue as to what happened in the second issue is because Hannah reviewed it for Earth2.net as part of the Is It Wednesday Yet? series. So I got it from her review, and I just skimmed through the issue. Um, I did skim through issue three... Um, because I, I had a feeling a certain character was going to be in there, but again, didn't read it. I just don't care.
0: For what it's worth, I've been reviewing the series for the Batman Universe .net, and considering Mike's reaction to the first hey, issue, are, at are, Dalton... are,
1: are, are you going to play us for that plug? Are you gonna? Really, we we you know we just plugged your thing, so yeah, there you go.
0: Anyway, <laughs> or you could just you know buy a shirt. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> of course, and considering Mike's reaction to the first issue, I doubt the rest will change your mind. Yeah. The story is taking place after Return of the Joker, but they seem to be making uh, it seem that it it's still in Terry Year One mode. For example, Terry makes references to rookie mistakes. And there is tons of conflict between Bruce and Terry over Terry whining about the hours he's keeping and Bruce feeling Terry isn't committed to the mission. I likened it to a bad remake of a TV show or even a long-running TV show that has a turnover in writing staffs. Friends is a perfect example where the producers, writers, etc. only have a general working knowledge of the show and base their version of those generalities and stereotypes thinking that is just what the show is no matter where you place the story. All I can say is, based off what I saw skimming through the third issue, it clearly does take
1: place after Return of the Joker.
0: Next one is from Monica, who writes, Hello, James and Michael. I send you this email to give my opinion about Speedy. I was never offended... And that being Speedy Gonzales, not yeah. Speedy from Teen Titans. Yeah. Um, I, I was never offended by the character itself, but what made me angry was the lack of research about the culture. There are many wrong things in those cartoons, like having Speedy Gonzales dance as if he was from Spain. They just mixed up everything. It would be like me confusing you guys with Englishmen. Nothing wrong uh, with that. <laughs> That'd be a compliment
1: to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you don't... Are, uh I don't know if you already answered this, but about the voicemail regarding Masi Manos, in the Spanish version, they both speak Spanish. They aren't as funny. Thanks. Oh, that's, that's lame. All right, last one today is from Layla, who writes, uh, Hello, guys, it's me again. In time, This time in response to episode 85, you are right about Madrix, Mike. His dupes used to get smaller the more he created, and unless he absorbs them with a certain amount of time, Uh, Within a certain amount of time, the dupes acquire their own free will, and this has caused him much stress over the years. One such example is when his and Siren's son, Sean, was born. It turns out that he was conceived not by Jamie, but one of his dupes. Apparently, he and Siren are into threesomes, and he accidentally absorbs the baby against his will. It was stated that the offspring of a dupe isn't really anything more than a dupe. This is... Uh, contradictory of a storyline where one of his dupes uh, has started his own family after finding religion. Originally, dupes could make dupes themselves upon impact, usually by tapping their feet. But this was addressed in another storyline where, after collecting all his duplicates, Jamie still feels weakened and realizes his dupes made dupes and his powers went haywire. Yeah, it sucks to be multiple, man. (laughs) If we think Billy's powers were the same, maybe each of his dupes tried to make their own hundred dupes, and that was too exhausting for the original to handle nothing left to say except I, anticip- I I'm eagerly anticipating a review of the end and it is by far the best episode of the series mm.
1: well we'll see about that
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah Billy's dupes can make dupes if you
1: pay attention um, they they were multiplying or whatever the fuck they do dividing because of the on it's just I don't know um, all on their own so yeah yeah, maybe, maybe that is what caused them
3: stress the time has come the prophecy shall be fulfilled night at dusk. When the planets align, the portal will be opened. Finally, I shall be free from this fiery prison and the earth shall be mine. I will make sure that Raven realizes her destiny and for bringing you your precious gem, I expect you to keep your part of the bargain and return what is precious to me. You bring me the gem and you shall get what you deserve. Deal. It's a beautiful day for the end of the world.
0: All right, here we are at the end. Uh for those of you who are uh new to WFP, what we do for any movies such as, you know, Return of the Joker and any three-parters uh such as The End, uh we always do this in a different style of uh summarizing. Basically, I'll just start going with the summary and Michael, interrupt me whenever he feels like, or I'll stop myself when I have a thought that I need to let be let known. And uh, if that's the proper grammar there, yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, I guess we'll just get started here. Okay. Um, this the first part opens up with Trigon speaking to Slade about the prophecy, and Slade reiterates that he expects Trigon to keep his word in this bargain they have and trigon insists he will get what he deserves mm-hmm. and uh interrupting
1: already uh, mm-hmm. i would i'd like to say that i love the fact that slade is being firm isn't quite the right word but it fits i guess with trigon he's melting off to him you yeah. know and it's i mean previously we've seen him be subservient and he's had a he's had a line here or there you know what does he say? I expect nothing. I think in the birthmark or whatever it was, or maybe I, I don't remember which one it was. He said something like, "I expect nothing less," or something like that, when they were talking about him getting whatever it is he wanted back. Um, and here he's just uh, out. He
0: says like, "I am depending on
1: it." Yeah, that's it. That's it. You know, and and here he's just much more, you know, almost forceful
0: with the Bold. guy. Just yeah, just shows you the balls that Slate has. <laughs> Well, he probably doesn't have balls at this point if you think about it. Well, I don't want to think about it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, so next we uh switch to uh, Raven and she's just uh we see her with the symbols all over her body and she just says no and we just cut right to the opening theme. This op really this opening before the uh the theme song happens is only about 45 to maybe 60 seconds.
1: Yeah, it's very quick. It's probably not the
0: shortest one. Um, There's a part of me that's
1: thinking the most recent Control Freak one was the shortest one. Yeah, that one was
0: just blink and you miss it.
1: Yeah, uh, but this one is very brief, but it sets up everything you need to know. You know, Slade and Trigon are going to make their final move, and Raven knows it now.
0: Yeah. Yep. So, like I said, we get the opening theme we come back and uh raven is standing outside the tower looking at the uh sunrise and uh robin walks out and has a really nice moment with her i like this because it's uh it, it reminded me a lot of btas dick grayson in terms of mannerisms and attitude mm. cuz uh, if you remember back in btas it seemed like dick grayson was always really lighthearted jo- you know jokey like you you would ex- probably expect him to be yeah. before before all the old wound shit happened but this, this just it, it just reminded me of that, which I think is kind of cool, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, Raven, you know, they, they have their little moment, and Robin's like, you know, it's the, this is great. It's the promise of a new day and all this other stuff. And um, Raven actually smiles, and they go back inside, and Raven decides to cook everyone breakfast <laughs> and be really, really nice to them. <laughs> but And this, of course, takes the titans aback they don't know what's going on yeah and her, her breakfast is a complete disaster to everyone except starfire who loves the nasty looking food and of course she squirts tons of mustard all over it yes she does yes she does <laughs> and uh so everybody gives the rest of their breakfast to starfire and she <laughs> gleefully devours all of it yeah and raven yeah what does she pa-
1: say it's uh Burnt on the outside and chewy on the inside, like some bug on her planet or
0: something. Yeah, like (laughs) some roach or something, I think. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) And um, Raven just kind of sheepishly says, "Uh, you guys want to go hang out today or something? (laughs) And again, the Titans are like, the jaws hit the floor. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, she's trying to smile but you know with the animation being what it is it's like her her mouth is kind (laughs) of (laughs) like
1: well it's like the other day over at the forums i forget who it was someone linked to that scene of christina ricci trying to smile as wednesday adams in the second adams family movie (laughs) and it reminded having just seen that this clip right here reminded me so much of that. Both, because yep. they're very similar characters, you know? And yeah. they never smile, ever. And when they try, it's an epic disaster.
0: <laughs> it reminds me of my favorite Simpsons episode, Homer versus the Eighteenth Amendment, mm-hmm. where Re- Rex Banner is like, <coughs> he's trying to laugh, but he can't. He's such a. A stick up the ass guy that he can't laugh, but he's oh. like, "Oh well, you all know what laughter sounds like." Which episode is that? I'm not remembering it. That's where that's where they ban alcohol. Oh pro- yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely my favorite episode yeah, the ever. The beer baron. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. Um, anyway, uh, so Raven's like, oh, "How about we go hang out?" And all, and they're all bewildered by her cheery and out- outgoing attitude. I gotta say, and. uh Suddenly the alarm sounds and Raven is scared to death because she thinks, "Uh-oh, it's Slade." But it turns out to just be Plasmus, so they go out to stop him. And I gotta say, during this fight with Plasmus, I, I, my question is, how many random tanker trucks of green toxic sludge are there in this city?
1: Apparently, he picks there's up one at, in every block. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, because Plasmus picks up at least two. I don't know if maybe more. Yeah. I don't but anyway. Know. So this fight goes on for a few minutes and Raven defeats Plasmus uh by I guess just sending her soul self into his body. Yeah. It was weird. Uh and uh she's like, "So, who wants pizza?" <laughs> oh, wait, hang on, hang on. There's
1: something I want to say about that fight. Mhm. Well, actually, two things I want to say. One back going back to the breakfast and I looked on my notes and forgot to mention this. You know what, the and like right before they they like they're all finished with breakfast, they're trying to get the taste out of their mouth and BB's like just drinking the syrup. Mm-hmm. If you look at Robin, he's punching his own mouth. <laughs> he's hitting himself in the face to get rid of the taste. But uh there's something that really bothers me with this sight uh, with this fight excuse, with this I said sight and then I said fight and then I whatever Anyways, There's something that really bothers me with this fight with Plasmus. Cyborg picks up an entire building to whack the creature with. Yeah. And then he knocks him through another building. Like are you telling me there's no one in that building? Like, okay, Cyborg picking up a building, I I call kind of bullshit. Yeah. on Anyway, Starfire, maybe. Now, oh, granted, we're talking about cartoon physics here too, because there's no way that then how that's going to happen. Starfire with her alien strength, maybe. Cyborg, no. But there's people in that building. There's no way everybody got evacuated. He just whacks the guy with it and sends him flying through another building, far away, and another building, and another eva- building. right buildings that probably haven't evacuated. Who knows what the who the fuck he just killed. I re- I mean I, I I hate to show my hands for something way down the line, but th- in, in that final fight between Darkseid and Superman, I hate that moment where Superman slugs him and he goes flying through like half a dozen buildings. How many fucking people did Superman just kill to prove a point to Darkseid? Mm. And and Cyborg's doing the same fucking thing here.
0: I would again not to show my hands so mm-hmm. much for uh, just. Uh, destroyer, but eh, I kind of can let it slide there because, frankly, it, all of Apocalypse is invading Earth, and right. uh, I, I think people would be running away from tall buildings, but that's well—that's another another story for many months down the road. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, so is that it, or do you want me to go? No, that's on? it, yeah, please continue. Okay, uh, so yeah, Raven's like, so who wants pizza? And they go to their favorite little pizza parlor there, and they... Uh, <laughs> Afterwards, they take a walk in the park. Well, wait, and
1: they're, they're, hang on. We got another mustard count. Yeah. Starfire's mm-hmm. using more mustard on that pizza. <laughs>
0: yep. We never actually declared an official mustard count, but we should have. I know. I wish we had. Well, because I, we didn't know it would become this,
1: th- that there would be Running continuity gag, yeah. with the fucking mustard. I mean, its I thought it was like a one-off thing, and then all of a sudden it's there, like, in the background half the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh. Oh, well. What are you going to do?
1: Yeah, if any listeners want to go back and look for all the mustard... Um, um, references and keep track of them. Let us know, please.
0: Yeah. Yep. So now they're after this, they go and take a walk in the park and Cyborg's like, so who wants to play a, a rousing game of stank ball later? And <laughs> Raven's like, oh yeah, count me in. <laughs> and this is the straw that breaks the camel's back. And Robin's like, okay, Raven, what gives? And she's just, she just like, gets kinda of a little moody and she's like, Well, I I just want to have a fun day with my friends. What's you know, what's wrong with that? Suddenly a solar eclipse occurs and Raven starts to convulse all over the place. Uh, like she has no control of her body at this point. And the symbols reappear all over her again and she just collapses. And the Titans run over to her and they try to help her regain consciousness, but uh she awakens on her own and just says nothing, and just a single tear rolls down her face. Um, this is just spooky. Okay. I mean, I know I know the next few scenes are going to show Trigon visibly conquering Raven's psyche, but this right here is where Raven breaks. Yeah, Right here. She has tried so hard for so long to prevent this day from coming, but right here it really does seem like there's nothing she can do, and her crying, I think, showed that she's just utterly broken now.
1: Yeah, as we saw... uh, What was it? The Prophecy... um, Was it The Prophecy or was it Birthmark? I'm getting all all, all those two confused. The one we did last episode. Prophecy. Prophecy. You know, at the end, she's finally willing to face her destiny. You know? And here, again, she knows it's coming. There's really no fighting it. And she's trying to give her friends, like, just one good day before the end of the world... And then when it all happens, she just breaks. You know, she thought she was being as strong as she could, but ultimately it's time. It's time, and she
0: just can do nothing but cry in that
1: moment. Yeah, it's very powerful.
0: Yeah, and you may think even that she had just a slight hope that maybe it could be avoided. Mm -hmm. And if she did, it's gone now. Yeah.
1: Um, Something I do want to bring up, though is the Titans at this point, they know of the prophecy. They know what Raven is supposed to become and what she's supposed to do. So then, if Raven knows this is the day, why is she keeping that from her friends? Now, she does say, I wanted to give you guys just... She's about to say the line, actually. I was about to give you guys... Or I wanted to give you guys... Just a, a, a very good day, a fun-filled day, and instead you ended up worrying about me. So maybe that's why she didn't tell them, because she didn't want them worrying about her. But at the same right. time, she knows these are her most trusted friends, her colleagues. And they will, they, they will fight to the death to defend her and to save the world. So why doesn't she turn around to them and say, okay, this is what's happening. This is the day. We have to do whatever we can to stop this right here, right now. You know that that kind of bothers me a little that she's hiding it from them after everything they've been through as a team and as friends.
0: Yeah, I, I see what you're saying there, mm-hmm. but uh, I think I think I'll have like a explanation, I guess, for this late like later in episode two or something. Okay, okay. Um,
1: um, but hang on, before we move on, just a quick little thing doesn't mean nothing to the plot at all. That Penny Beast Boy picks up. Um, you, you know, in the park where he's like, oh my God, and like Raven turns around thinking like something bad's happening and he just finds a penny. Mm-hmm. Um, the date on it is 1964, which of course is when the Teen Titans debuted in, uh, it was the, the Brave and the Bold number 54. So oh, nice. Yeah. Just a little thing. Um, and later on when Raven has the penny and at the end of the episode when it falls out of her hand, something I noticed that was weird. We see the back of the penny, which has a, what buildings on the back of the penny?
0: I can't the- remember. I believe it's the Lincoln Memorial. Is, but I guess I it would be, considering I,
1: he's on the front. there I, I don't
0: I don't know for certain, though. I, that seems like something I should know off the top of my head, but I'm forgetting. Well, it.
1: underneath, of course, it says one cent. Above that, though, it says United States. But on the penny, for whatever reason, the United States isn't there. Huh. Yeah. Initially, I thought it might have said, in God, we trust over it. But it's not on the back of the penny. It just says United States. So, I don't know. I don't know why they didn't put that on
0: there. So... The Titans pretty much know what's happening now, that it's the day Raven has been dreading for years, the end of the world. And they, uh, they take Raven back to the tower and they explain that they too have been preparing for this day. And they show a room that they've built to protect her from Slade and Trigon. It's got mystic symbols that they took out of her book, uh, or her books, I should say. And it's supposed to keep the, the evil baddies out, um, And Raven just continues to say, this is all wonderful, I I appreciate this from the bottom of my heart, but Trigon isn't just some big bad villain, he is the incarnation of evil. You cannot beat him. And Slade, meanwhile, has been given control of an army of fire demons. And uh, again, uh, Slade reiterates, you better have my payment when I get back. This is where he's just like, yeah, Yeah. the, the boldness has just been... Stepped up exponentially. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, So the Titans are monitoring Raven in this room. And she again tries to meditate, but she still can't because Trigon keeps messing with her head. And slowly but surely, Trigon begins to just convince her to give up and accept her destiny. So we'll go outside the tower, and Slade appears and demands that they hand Raven over. And Beast Boy's like, yeah, you and what army? (laughs) So we see this hundreds of fire demons appear out of the ground and Cyborg's like, you just had to ask,
3: didn't
0: you? <laughs> so they're rather aghast at this big fire demon army that he has at his command. And uh, they they fight and fight and fight and they, they hold their own for a little while and eventually during the fight, Cyborg sta- uh, jumps in front of the tower where the demons are trying to enter and he like activates this program that connects several tubes to his body and they come out of the tower and he just becomes a living piece of the tower itself. And he morphs into this colossal weapon with cannons for arms and shit. It's just, and it unleashes this gargantuan energy wave at Slade and, and the army and uh, drains his power cells almost to zero. But, and de- you know, the fire demons are all disappeared, but it, you know, Slade is still standing when this is all over, see. Now, here's the
1: thing with that. That's really awesome, seeing just showing that the Titans have all these all these contingency plans for this day, you know, or just to protect themselves in in terms of you know Cyborg being able to jack himself into the building, okay. But I'm really disappointed that when he ultimately when ultimately he fires that gun, it's it looks like it's nothing special. You know, it's it's just all of a sudden he, he blasts them all, and then they're, they, they get back up. Now, I know they were going to get back up, but just the shot, I felt kind of let down. I mean, they, they take like 30 seconds, maybe not quite that much, showing you how cool this is going to be, and then it's not that cool.
0: I don't know. I call into question him training the tower's energy all down because they're trying to keep Raven safe in that room.
1: I'm going to justify that by saying, for that, they probably have an independent generator. Okay, I have I can buy no that. justification justification for that, but that's what I'm going to say. But how did Cyborg charge back up for the mm-hmm. rest of this story? He, we see his battery is nearly empty, and then he he's still running around for the rest of this fucking story. Did did, no did Raven mystically charge him back up when she does the thing that she does at the end of this episode? maybe <laughs> you know but I mean, we see cyborg shoot a couple of beams once in a while and he's crying about oh my god my power's drained and here he just bukakied all over these fucking guys with a laser beam and he's still <laughs> running around for two more parts like what the
0: fuck uh it took us 86 episodes but we got bukake into the into oh, i'm the, sure
1: i've said it once it before on this show. Don't i don't remember i don't remember i did but <laughs> yeah I, well, if you say so I think we might have said blood cocky at one point, or was that an episode of Earth Two that at the show?
0: I uh, don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, the uh, Slade is all mangled again, like he's been in prophecy several times, and uh, he just cracks his neck back into place again. And this is where he takes the upper hand for good, and you know he prepares to finish the Titans off, but Raven emerges from the tower and tells Slade to stop, that she will go with him if he leaves them alone. The ty- uh, Robin jumps in between the two of them and says, we're not going to let you do this. And she uh, seemingly attacks them with her powers and just knocks them unconscious. And uh, Slade and Raven leave with the demon army, and uh, that's that's it until we get to uh, the next, next thing we see is Raven and Slade walking through that abandoned library from the previous episode, and Slade comments that everything is ready for Trigon's ascent. He's very proud. And uh Raven calls Slade a fool and says, you know, whatever you, whatever Trigon promised you, he's not going to give you. And Slade just scoffs at this and says, you don't know what you're talking about. And Raven's like, you don't think I know my own father? And Slade's like, please, you're just an insignificant pawn in his grand plan. And Raven says, well, I guess that's something we have in common. And And once he's done with you, you'll be insignificant too. At this point, Slade becomes furious and the fire demons restrain him and refuse to obey him anymore. And Raven walks up to him and she now has the Trigon four red, the four red eyes on her face. And she's like, you know what? You're already insignificant. Just leave him here. And I love this exchange. Slade is rarely, if ever, beaten in mind games, but this was awesome.
3: Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Absolutely awesome. And at this point, the Titans wake up, and Cyborg has, you know, tracks her and says that she's at the library, and so they just head off. We go to Slade, who is confronting the uh, Trigon, or the voice of him anyway, and says he wants what Trigon promised him. And Trigon's like, dude, I brought the portal here, not you. You don't get jack shit. <laughs> and Slade is not pleased at all. And does pretty much the stupidest thing possible. He just starts hurling fireballs at Trigon. <laughs> so Trigon's like, "Yeah, I gave you those powers, so you know I'm just going to take them back." Okay, fuck you. Uh-huh. And he uh, he strips Slade of the demonic powers and apparently disintegrates him. We you know we're led to believe he is no more. Yeah. And on some level, I'm annoyed that Slade would fall for this whole thing, but he's so arrogant. I can see his thought process being, you know, I'm such a badass. I'm going to impress this extra-dimensional demon so much that he'll have no choice but to reward me. (laughs) Ha 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 ha.
1: I'll have something to say about this a little later down the line. I I absolutely will, but I'm going to leave you hanging there just for now.
0: Okay. Um, Yep. So, meanwhile, uh, Raven arrives at the big stone hand from uh, Prophecy. And, uh, did it get bigger?
1: I thought before it was kind of small. Yeah. It's like, it got a lot bigger. Yeah. Like, wow. Okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, and she's about to invoke the portal, I guess, but the Titans arrive and they're immediately restrained by the fire demons, but Raven just gets rid of them all and says, look, you just, you can't stop this. It's my destiny. It can't be changed. And Robin's like, "The that's ludicrous and no one knows their destiny. And there are, there are things you couldn't possibly know. And Raven says that there was one thing I didn't know—that I'd make such wonderful friends. And she says all she wanted to do was to make their last day on Earth perfect, but they spent the whole day just worrying about her. And Raven, you know, grabs her hand and says, "That's what friends do." But Raven backs away, and she puts a shield around them, blocking them from being able to stop her. And she uh, walks up these stone steps and uh, recites. Uh, I just spell or whatever and she's surrounded by all the symbols and and this light and she does become the portal and the stone hand is obliterated and in its place of the the from the fiery portal springs forth trigon who is several hundred feet tall and he just yells the earth is mine and that's where part one ends yeah uh now before we uh get to our thoughts about this first
1: part there's something I want to say. When Raven um, says goodbye, be safe to them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, she—that's she, when she kind of zaps them and knocks them out, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I'd like to think that's supposed to be a little clue. I think Rob even, Robin even says that was the last thing he heard before she knocked them out. I, I'd, I'd like to think that's a little clue as to what we're going to see in the second part of this story—that she gave him a little bit of her powers. Um, and, you know, to protect them from what was about to come, knowing that they would go out of their way to, uh, she thinks she's going to die, but go out of their way to at least, uh, defeat Trigon and, uh, save the world, even though it means her demise. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. What do you think about this first, uh, third of, uh, this story here?
0: I love it. Uh-huh. I, we get a great, we get several, several cliffhangers really, if you think about it, cause you get, you wonder... What happens to Raven? What's going to happen to the Titans? Hell, what happened to Slade? Because yeah. you know, you know, he's going to come back at some point, even if you haven't seen the, se- the next two parts. Oh yeah, you just, you just know he isn't going to stay away. Yeah, um, this is so dark, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, it is just, just so so dark. I don't. It, many parts I just, again, I just can't believe they got away with some of this stuff because you know, Trigon is essentially Lucifer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So. I mean, I know, I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, I mean, without actually
1: calling him Lucifer or the devil, at one point, you know, the Titans are all like, oh, we can defeat him. And Raven's like, you don't understand, he's not a villain. He's, he's a force of, or the force of evil, or something like that. You know, yeah. so right there, you know, you know that this isn't just a run-of-the-mill demon. This is the guy in charge of everything that goes on down there. You know, and you, we 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 get more of that in uh, the prophecy. Cyborg recognizes the name Trigon, having never heard it. Uh, Starfire says his his evil is so legendary she's heard of it on her planet. You know that, that that tells you how bad this dude is. That his demonic will and the fear of him extends across the
0: universe. Yeah. So should we get into part two? Uh, or yeah. More? No. Let's. I mean, this.
1: I think this is a really great start to this three-part story i don't think besides the cyborg power thing thing, yeah i i don't know if there's a single flaw um maybe there is i don't know you know i'm trying to think back if i mentioned other flaws (laughs) (laughs) but i i I think the cyborg thing is like the worst you know flaw and it's not super huge because like i said you could rationalize it maybe star raven recharged him Maybe yeah. who knows? Who knows? Maybe he's installed some sort of backup battery in his system,
0: and you know it could be just momentary because you know he connects to the tower itself, mm-hmm. so he may not be using it. You think of it like a laptop plugged into the wall; it's not using its battery, right?
1: Yeah, and you know that thing that pops out of his arm—it has like a battery symbol on it, mm-hmm. so maybe the little bar we saw go, all, yeah, the little bar we saw go all the way down was just registering for that little battery. Not the little battery, but whatever <laughs> that ultra powerful battery that that ultimately charged the gun. And his regular system was okay. I don't know. I mean, you you could talk your way around it very easily. So yeah. yeah, it's it's virtually flawless. this first part.
0: All right. So part two begins, and we get a quick montage of what happened to lead up to what we're about to see. I love and these
1: too. These these yes. recaps of the previous episode. Very or, comic booky, really. Yeah, exactly, but they are not relying just on old footage. There's new narration over them, new footage in them. Um, some things are from different angles. I, I'm really enjoying that. Extended scenes, even for the for the one at the beginning of the third episode, where we actually see uh, Robin and Slade run down the stairs, where we didn't see that before. They just ran off. Right. Um, yeah, I, I like the fact they didn't rely on just a clip show, basically mm-hmm. for, for the new intros. Yeah.
0: Yep. So Robin awakens in the city and everything is destroyed. The, the sky is blood red. It's, it's a, it's a post-apocalyptic nightmare. And Robin sees a Raven, a the bird and uh, just down the street. And he follows it to the top of the building where Slade originally tortured Raven, and you know, had her, you know, ripped all her clothes off and burned the symbols into her body way back in birthmark. And, um, uh, uh, Robin just is exasperated, and he's about to fall to his death after this chunk of the roof crumbles off. But Cyborg appears and saves him, and uh, Beast Boy and Starfire appear soon after. They're just pondering what they can possibly do to reverse this disaster. And Robin is ever the hopeful one, and says, "Look, as long as we're standing, Trigon hasn't won yet." And uh, so they all put their hands in a circle, you know, for rate, you know, say. For I think they just say, like, for Raven, yeah. don't they? Yeah. And uh, when they do this, Raven's energy uh, kind of just shocks them a little bit. And I want to say it's Beast Boy who says that uh, Raven gave them some of her power. It might uh, have been him, yeah. They all fly towards Trigon, and Trigon has taken the Titan's Tower <laughs> and turned it into his own personal throne. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gotta tell you that is pretty a pretty cool visual yeah and they they just they start attacking him with their own powers like the star bolts and the and you know cyborg sonic cannon and whatnot. and this clearly it's like it doesn't even tickle him It, it registers so little on his attention but uh they they won't attack him while he's sleeping because apparently he's his uh powers have been drained from going through the portal and uh so they try to attack him while he sleeps and he awakens and says, they're worthless, they're unworthy of my attention. And the Titans uh, prepare to attack him using Raven's power that she granted to them. And so they all chant Azeroth, Metreon, Zinthos. Which I gotta and say was pretty cool.
1: Yeah. You know, I kinda, Every time I see that, it kind of makes me well up and it's like, oh yeah! And then when it doesn't work, it's like, damn. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, they all chant it. They hover into the air and a huge blast of Raven energy shoots forth and just hits Trigon straight in the chest. And it does seem to hurt him, but he just, like, shrugs it off and grins and says, despite Raven granting them their, her power, they're no match for him. And he proves it by blasting them all the way back to the library yeah. where this began. Yeah. Now, seriously, how the fuck did Raven and Beast Boy survive that fall? You mean Robin and Beast Boy? What did I say? You said Raven. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> wrong, wrong bird. Yeah, no problem. Um,
1: Beast Boy, I can almost justify because he, he's Beast Boy. Maybe his body can take a little more damage because of what he can do. You know, because he can mutate. But Robin, yeah. I mean, He got launched across the city. Well, yeah, but again, keep in mind that during the recap intro for this episode... We see how the Titans survived the the apocalypse. You know, we see a little hint of them, of them having Raven's power. There's a little black burst around, like in yeah. front of each of them, um, and right. then they just used her power here. You know, and they still they still have her power, whether we see them use it or not. So maybe, just maybe, um, they were protected by Raven's power um, when, when they flew across the city and hit the ground.
0: I guess I can buy that.
1: Yeah. I mean, had they not done the Raven's power thing, then I would be in complete agreement with you. But I, I can I can justify it.
0: So what are you thinking of this little opening five minutes or so?
1: You know, I mean, it, it's great. I mean, you know, of course, we know this is a three-parter, so we know that this isn't going to be the end of it. Especially because of you know, the first couple of minutes of the episode, too. Um, but I love that the Titans, you know, they just saw the world get destroyed in front of their eyes. And they're still hopeful, which is a big theme of this episode, just hope. Um they're still hopeful that they can take down this guy and save the day and uh it doesn't work and you know when that doesn't work, you see them all slack jawed like fuck and uh when they get knocked over to the library, they're all like, this is why are we here you know I think even starfire says I'd like to go away from here or something like that you know they're just their hearts are broken you, you even know Robin's feeling it you know even though he's trying to still be the leader and give them all hope you know even he is starting to think maybe, maybe this is it for, for everything. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. What are you thinking? I reiterate everything you said. I love this. And moreover on Robin, I, I love his leadership throughout this entire Mm three-parter. Um, even, even when he, you know, we're we're about to get into it, but, uh, even when he leaves the the team until the,
3: the,
0: you know, near the end of the next episode, um, it's, you can tell this this team, and it's 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 been shown many times before. This team absolutely respects Robin. They yeah. know he he is the leader, even though he is the only one without powers. Mm-hmm. It's very it's very Captain America esque.
1: Quite true. Yes, it is. Yeah, I mean, because the whole thing with Captain America is that and I think this is a, this this line I'm about to uh, paraphrase is from a Daredevil comic. He has the voice that could command gods. Think about that. One of Captain America's Colleagues who follows him takes orders from him is Thor, the god of thunder, Odin's son. Here's a guy who should never listen to a word any mortal man has to say. Yet he respects and follows Steve in the battle, and that's exactly exactly you. You made a great comparison there of what we have going on with Robin, and that's that's how it is with Dick Grayson, even in the comics. Batman, all the other superheroes they respect him, but they won't always do what he says.
0: Because a lot of them resent him.
1: Exactly, exactly. But all of the superheroes, they actually uh, truly respect and will follow the lead of Dick Grayson, whether he's um, Nightwing or Batman. You know, they follow that guy because they know that, because the whole thing with Dick Grayson, at least over in the comics, is he's, he's like one half Batman, one half Superman. You know, so he knows how to be the diplomat like Superman, but he's got that darker side to him, and he's married those two halves of himself, those two halves of himself, I should say, very well. And he knows how to juggle them, and he knows how to lead almost better than anybody in DC continuity. And we're just seeing a fraction of it here in these cartoons.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, I love this this scene that, follows here because I mean, this where they follow they're just in a crater where uh-huh. what used to be the library and you know they they really wish they had raven's help and uh but you know again robin is still hopeful and he says i i just can't believe raven's gone she has to be out there somewhere and <laughs> we get that familiar voice yep. who says that's because she isn't gone yep. and slade emerges from the shadows And uh, Robin immediately attacks him, followed by Beast Boy, who just gores him into a wall (laughs) as a Triceratops. Yeah. And Slade groans. You know, I mean,
1: it's very clear at this point that he no longer has those powers. And as the story continues, before we get the big reveal later on in this episode here, you can tell he's not quite himself. I mean, because Slade in his fully healthy human form. Granted, he wouldn't be able to take something like that, but some of the stuff we see him... He's struggling a lot in this second part of this story here, with yeah. stuff he would normally not struggle with. We, there, there's a plenty of clues that something is wrong with him. Um, so it's very interesting seeing Slade uh, being taken down by the Titans, dare I say, easily. Really.
0: Yep. I mean, Starfire's about to grab him and just throw him into a wall with one arm. Mm-hmm. But... And Slade just gurgles out that he didn't come to fight. He came to help. And Beast Boy is like, we don't need your help. To which Slade says, oh, yeah, you're doing just great. You've got Trigon right where you want him.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah. uh, um, Slade says that Raven is still alive. But like I said, Starfire grabs him and throws him into a wall and says he's lying. And uh, she's ready to just burn his head off with her star bolts. Oh, yeah. And. Slade says that Raven fulfilled her destiny and became the portal, and that part of her existence is gone forever. However, there is a part of her that still exists, at least for the moment. And he says that he isn't doing this out of regret for helping Trigon, but because he has his own personal goal in mind. And
1: Now, he says something else, though. He says something like, what Trigon's done, I wouldn't wish on anybody. Remember that line. Again, that's another teaser as to what I'm going to say down the line. Just mm-hmm. remember that.
0: All right. So he says that only one of them may accompany him on this rescue mission that he's about to go on. And try. You know, he says, Trigon is omnipotent and omniscient. He can be and know anything at any time. Yeah. So for this plan to have any chance to work, the other three must distract Trigon and allow Slade and the fourth Titan to do what they need to do. And of course, Robin volunteers and Slade gives Starfire something called a Ring of Azar, which protects the the wearer from Trigon's powers. And he knows firsthand that it works. So we have our explanation for how he survived.
1: Yeah, because in my notes at the end of the first episode, I was like, wait, how did Slade survive? And then when the rain came up and he said that little thing, I was like, ah, there we go.
0: And we have know, a pretty emotional moment here. The Titans say their goodbyes, because you know they don't know if they'll ever see each other again. Yeah. And Robin and Slade just descend into the darkness, and the others go back to fight Trigon. Uh-huh. Love, 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 love this scene. This is probably my favorite part of this entire episode. It, even, even the the big reveal about Slade, notwithstanding. Uh-huh. I just love this scene.
1: I mean, I have I have a couple of I mean, this is a great scene. Don't get me wrong, but I have a couple of scenes that I think are that that are favorites of mine. One is coming up where Slade and Robin, we see them kind of mimicking each other's moves, very anime esque. Yeah, Um, and I like the stuff where Robin's chasing Raven in a little bit, Um, and their interactions. I'm I'm very much enjoying the, the raven robin uh dynamic that we've been getting uh these last couple of episodes it's and it's you know all culminating in this story right here
3: mm-hmm. yeah
1: but no again yeah this scene is just slate appearing out of the darkness the titans beating the shit out of him you know and if i remember correctly um doesn't even cyborg turn his hand into the gun and point it at slate's head not point blank but i could swear at one point he's just got the gun up at his head too
0: yeah, he's like, whatever you're selling, we're not buying. Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. So they're all going to take this fucker down. Yeah, mm-hmm. good stuff. And, of course, he's got the epic line, it's the end of the world, did you think it would be easy? hmm <laughs> Oh, that's brilliant. Slade, I love you.
0: <laughs> yeah. Such a great sociopath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Beast Boy, Starfire, and Cyborg, they head off to Trigon again, and this time, Beast Boy uh, turns into a hummingbird and he goes inside of Trigon's ear as a hummingbird and he turns into a sperm whale from there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This causes Trigon no small level of discomfort. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, he is screaming in, in, in agony of how badly this hurts. And finally Beast Boy exits his ear and is trying to get all the earwax off of himself. <laughs> and uh, Trigon is very, very, Very pissed off right now. And he sends a humongous fireball towards the Titans, but they stand unharmed because of the Ring of Azar. And uh, Trigon notes their new little toy and says that he won't fight them because he has a better idea. So he sends the Mark of Scaff symbol underneath the feet on the rock they're standing. And they get trapped in this energy ribbon that causes their inner demons, their bad sides, to manifest themselves outside of their bodies. And now the Titans have to fight themselves, and this I love this. This is perfect because you, you can't very well have the Titans fighting this gargantuan monster because they'd be annihilated in a flash. Exactly. So, so you have Trigon, a demon, make them fight their own inner demons. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. It is. I love it.
1: Um, I'll have something more to say about that when we get to the third part, but I absolutely love the idea of it and, and, and how it starts out. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so we go back to Robin and Slade, and they are traveling uh by boat across this river of lava they're talking back and forth and Robin's just laying into slate about what a bastard he is basically and slate just kind of brushes off everything he says just like yeah you know uh you know i ca- i ca- uh, i call everything you do causes people to get hurt and slate just like yeah it's what i do best
3: <laughs> yeah
0: and uh i mean It's great. They're about to get attacked by fire demons, but you know, before they get attacked, you really get another great glimpse into Slade's mind. Dude is just a blatant sociopath. Mm -hmm. And so, Robin and Slade have to team up to fight these creatures. And like I said a minute ago, we get a very anime esque fight with uh, stuff that looks choreographed. Since they do everything, all their attacks are in sequence. They do the same thing side by side, paralleling each other.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, it just reminds us that these guys are just opposite sides of the same coin. Mm -hmm. You know, they've probably had the same exact training, maybe even from, you know, except for Batman, you know, from the same people. Um, And if Robin went evil, he'd be Slade. And if Slade were good, he'd be Robin. Mm
3: -hmm. You know,
1: it's just another reminder of that.
0: So, they reach a cliff after they seemingly have, you know, destroyed all these demons... And Slade ducks suddenly, allowing a fire demon to nearly kill Robin. But, uh, you know, his quick reflexes save him, and he destroys it. And Robin's pissed off and says, I thought we had a deal.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And Slade's just like, old habits die hard. <laughs> and then he's attacked by another demon who hits his face so hard that it knocks his mask off.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: And we see what has become of Slade. Mm-hmm. His face is no more. Yes. What's left of his head is this charred skull with a gash down where his right eye was at one point which is of course his old wound and, and if you notice it's it's not a black gash like kind yeah. of like the
1: rest of his face it's it's clearly distinguished as a red gash letting us know that that's something different than everything else we're seeing right here right now yeah yeah
0: and really presumably all that's left of of his head is uh, his skull his left eye and his brain I mm-hmm. guess I mean, really, greatest visual in the series? I say yes. I
1: honestly do not know if there is a better visual. I'm trying to think if there's... You know what? No. I, I, I almost had another one. Um, but no. No. What I was thinking of was in the uh, the beginning of the second part of the not finale, um, when Beast Boy, you know, he, he like blows up I think he blows up the T-ship or whatever he was in, you know, and, you know, he's, gonna, he's, he's just decided he's going to take it to the Brotherhood. I mm-hmm. love that moment because it's casting B-Boy as a badass, but even that is still probably the second greatest visual moment behind this one.
0: I'm pretty surprised they got away with it, too, and, and really in and the other visuals of him with his skin missing and his skeleton showing, which we're going to see later on.
1: Oh, yeah, we see his ribs, his hands, everything, yeah.
0: Yeah, but goddamn... I mean, really, it's it's epically cool. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I had that as my desktop wallpaper for a long time. I had it as my avatar yeah. on the forums for a long time. Oh, yeah. You know, how will my face? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> how will his face? <laughs> how will it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, he apparently Slade knows because that's what he's doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, anyway. Um. So, you yeah, know, Robin is obviously taken aback by this and uh slade says eh, i wish you hadn't seen that it's really only a temporary condition <laughs> and slade is just still being all cool about it like nothing happened yeah, yeah and robin robin's just like what are you and slade is just like no we gotta hurry on and Robin's like no no fuck you if i don't get some answers you're on your own and the impending reemergence of the fire demons kind of prompts him to tell Robin what really happened way back after Terra turned on him. He indeed did fall into a pit of lava, and it should have been his grisly demise, but Trigon saved him and offered him a deal. Work for him, and he'll return his flesh and blood to him. And we see in the flashback that Slade is just fucked up all to hell. His skin is completely gone, and all that remains are his skeleton and melted remnants of his armor. Uh, You know, Slade really did die and go to hell. Yeah. But Trigon saved him.
1: Now, during this flashback sequence, Slade has a line, and the image it's coupled with, there's no mistaking the fact that they were very clearly hinting at the fact that Slade... I know what you're... Yeah, I know what you're saying. ...is... a, a rapist. Yeah. I mean... While they're showing him holding the half-naked raven with all the symbols over her body, he says, and I must admit, the fringe benefits were most enjoyable. Now, granted, before that, I think they showed him throwing the fireballs and whatnot, but the bulk of that statement is said with the image of him and the half-naked raven. They were very clearly telling you he violated that young girl in a way that is just... Blah, blah, that i don't even want to think about
0: Yeah, you know, and of course he fucking tortured her and burned symbols into her skin too
1: oh, so. exactly but i mean it's it, it it's it's more it's more than implying that
0: yeah mm-hmm. you know
1: in a way he raped her you know yeah. and maybe he even did and they just couldn't show it i don't know
0: that's absolutely what i they were going for there mm-hmm. but um you know getting back here the uh so we go back to uh the Titans, who are getting their asses handed to them by their inner demons, and Starfire's bad side says that maybe she should tell Trigon where Robin is. And Starfire says, "Uh, no, you won't." <laughs> so that, so she blasts her, and they keep fighting all over the ruins of the city. And uh, Beast Boy's inner demon makes a remark about him being weak, and that must be why Terra dumped him. Oh, ooh, ooh, ooh! Beast Boy cry, just like tears come well in his eyes, and he just goes ape shit yeah. and so we go back underground again and Slade falls down you know a cl- uh, cliffside underground and he's like you must enjoy seeing me weak you know weakened like this and Ram is just like i didn't come here to pity you i came here to save my friend right. so what what now and um uh slade says that you know you get you need to go that way that's where raven is where I'm going is a slightly hotter place. <laughs> great line. Yeah, great line. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Robin's like, so, that's it. We're just parting ways. No cryptic threats. No, no, uh, you know, games. And he's like, I kept my part of the bargain. How about some gratitude? <laughs> I love and, it. <laughs> yeah. And Robin's like, you know, this This doesn't change shit. Mm-hmm. If I ever see you again. And Slade just interrupts and says, I wouldn't expect anything less. Yes. So they do indeed part ways. And Robin presses on and presses on. And he has to fight some more demons. And he uh, gets a sword. Which was kind of cool. I don't well, know. We've seen that before. Where he takes yeah. the, the the birdarangs or whatever they're called.
1: I think he puts uh-huh. two together and they become a sword.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and... He annihilates these demons because he's just super pissed off at this point. Yeah. And he reaches what was once a church. Um, and he's, he's walking around in the ruins of this place and he sees someone running through the shadows with a white cloak on and the, the figure trips and falls and Robin, uh, Robin, <laughs> Robin rips the uh, cloak off and sees that it's Raven, but she is no older than four. Maybe. Maybe, yeah, and, and yeah, and she's just like, "Who are you?"
1: Yeah, and of course we gotta say she's dressed in all white mm-hmm. instead of the blue violet thing she always wears.
0: Yep, and that's where part two ends. So, what do you think about part two then? Damn. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it there there really weren't any flaws. There were a few flaws in the first one, mm-hmm. not this one, and no. f- quite frankly, the. Really, the visuals—you know, the Slade visual and the the uh, I, I, the design of Trigon—I love it. Mm-hmm. I, I absolutely love it. And every time he gets pissed off, it's it's just such a great visual. Yeah, because <laughs> you know somebody's about to get fucked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I I I love this. This is probably my favorite part of this this whole three parter.
1: Yeah, the second part is definitely the strongest of the three. Echoing what you said, I I don't see anything wrong with this. Slade is awesome. Slade and Robin together is awesome. Uh, the three Titans doing what they can to distract Trigon. Very good stuff. Watching them uh, uh, try to fight their inner demons is great. Uh, it's just, yeah. I, I have no words. Just, yeah.
0: <laughs> what I mean, really, what can you say? It's fucking awesome. Should we just jump into part three then? Absolutely, yeah. Part three again opens with another one of those cool montages of where we stand and where the story is right now. And, uh, we go back to the ruins of the city and the Titans are still getting thoroughly owned by their counterparts. And Trigon's amused by their struggle and says that, you know, soon you're going to be defeated. You know, I, I may be the, uh, the Lord of Darkness or whatever he says, but you, you, your own personal demons are gonna be the ones that destroy you. Yeah. And at some point the Titans regroup, uh that being the the three of them, uh, and say that as long as they keep Trigon busy, they're not you know, he won't go looking for Robin, so We gotta press on. But Starfire's counterpart takes this opportunity to fly over to Trigon and tell them their plan, but Trigon just interrupts her and says, No, I know. I knew all along. Yeah. Yeah. He knew all along what they were doing. He knew of their plan before they even conceived it. And Trigon says, you know, you fail to comprehend the depths of my power. And even though some remnant of my daughter may exist, the raven you know is gone. Yep. Just yeah. I love I love that because it just further enforces just how much of a of a threat this guy is oh, yeah. or this thing is. And it, it really, it just it makes it seem even more hopeless. I mean, what the fuck, anything they can think of, he's thought of, like, you know, an hour earlier. Yeah, because
1: as they say, he was toying with us all along. It was a game to him. That's it. Yep. He's sitting there in his chair watching TV is basically what he's doing.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, meanwhile, Child Raven asks Robin who he is again, and he says, don't worry, I'm here to take you back. And at this point, she just runs away. Yeah. And Robin chases after her, uh, through cliffs and staircases. And, you know, when he finally catches up to her, uh, he pleads with her, just please, you've got to remember. And he says he can help her, but she has to let him and he holds out his hand and she very hesitantly, you know, places her hand in his. And elsewhere we, in the bowels of hell here, uh, Slade again falls down a cliff and he sees a door guarded by a rather large, unpleasant goon uh, with a very nasty-looking halberd. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we go uh, back up. You know, he's—they just have a brief dialogue about how uh, the the, th- the guy, the guard, just says, "You know, your journey ends here. Time to time to lay down with the rest of the mortals," or whatever he says. And so it's like, eh. It's not like I have anything else left to lose.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. And uh, we go back up top, and the Titans are nearly defeated. And Beast Boy's like, dude, I had no idea I was this tough. <laughs> and Cyborg says, you're not. I could kick your butt any day of the, wait, Yeah. <laughs> wait a minute, got an idea here. Starfire's like, hmm, since we can't beat ourselves, maybe we can beat each other. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so Starfire attacks evil Cyborg. Uh, Beast Boy, uh, well, he turns into an octopus and basically face fucks the evil <laughs> Starfire, And, uh, yeah. and Cyborg just, he, he just cracks his, his joints and, uh, just lets Beast Boy turn into like a velociraptor and bite his arm. And he's like, eh, careful, you might hurt your teeth. Just punches him in the face. He's done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so they do indeed defeat their evil sides. Um, And they all they they return to their bodies, and Trigon just kind of saunters over, and (laughs) Beast Boy's like, "Uh, he's coming over here. (laughs) I really don't like that he's coming over here." (laughs) And so Trigon is like, "All right, I've had enough of this shit." He like rips a humongous hole in the earth with his hand, and thousands of the fire demons start springing forth, and Cyborg's just like, "Run!" And they actually fly, but whatever. Yeah. They, they fly away. And I go back down below, and Robin and Raven are walking along. And uh, Robin's just trying to comfort Raven, and he's like, let me tell you a story about uh, the bravest person I know. Her name was Raven. And she just basically talking about what a great person she was and how she's she was so hopeful that she, uh, or she was so fearful that she would do terrible things, but, you know she tried her best to do to do good anyway and at this point this, there's a, an earthquake or something that occurs while they're climbing up a, a a wall well it's the demons ripping open the earth itself going up to the surface right. to chase
1: the three other titans yeah that's right
0: mm-hmm. while this happens uh you know robin's carrying raven on his back and when this happens they start falling and raven i mean robin like grabs onto a, a rock but the force of this causes raven to fall off and almost plummet to her death into the the river of lava below and robin just barely saves her with the and you know grapples back up to another cliff and you know he's like are are you okay did, did you get hurt and raven just says robin why are you doing this huh. and she does remember she's known the whole time robin says that despite you know despite how how uh How little hope you have here, I'll just have to have enough hope for the both of us, and they continue on.
1: Yeah, really great line, I thought. Yeah, it is. You know, just further Um, proving what a leader this kid is.
0: mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we go back to Slade, and he's not having much fun with this large goon. (laughs) Well, because, again, you know, we saw Slade
1: stumbling around, tripping, falling... He's not 100%, literally, you know, and, you know, and he's not 150% because he doesn't have the demonic powers anymore. I mean, he's, he's hurting bad and he's getting his ass kicked because of it.
0: Yeah, he, at one point, I mean, he, he does manage to kind of get the upper hand on this, this guy, this thing, demon thing that's guarding this door that he's trying to get it, get through. And he, he like tosses him into the river of lava thinking he's finished him off and he walks over the door uh, or he walks towards the door and the thing comes right back, just, just bashes him right into the door. And this is important because he just got hit into the door. Now Slade winds up positioning himself after a couple of very nasty gashes with, uh, with the guard between him and the doors. And we see that he planted C4 on the door and he, you know, he, remotes you know activates it and utterly obliterates the guard and the doors i don't think that's what happened
1: and i'll tell you why
0: okay we do see after okay wh-
1: why don't you finish the scene and then i'll then i'll tell you my theory as to what happened
0: okay well anyway yeah so the doors are busted open with the explosives and several beams of light shine forth and it looks like Slade's soul returns to mm-hmm, him mm-hmm. he's and he's he's good as new yeah. he takes a deep breath And he's like, ah, my own flesh and blood. So he looks over and sees the sizzling helmet of the guard laying on the ground, which really that's all that's left of him. Yeah. And he picks up the flaming halberd and says, oh, don't get up.
1: I'll let myself out. (laughs) Now, see, the reason I don't think the explosive device is what did in the sentry is because we saw that thing get tossed into lava. So I really don't think an explosion would do that to it. I think what happened is... The explosion destroyed the door as it did, and it distracted the sentry. And then it's not just Slade's soul that come out comes out. I mean, we have to believe a whole bunch of souls were released. Right. I think when the souls, that white light, were being released, it just shredded
0: the sentry, destroying it. I don't know. I mean, I can see what you're saying. It just the way they, the scene is put together, it looks like he's exploded.
1: No, and I absolutely see where you're coming from that's what I used to think until this viewing right here but again I mean he survived a fall into lava Right. so why would a bomb do that to him so that's why I want to believe it was the white light that that did this dark beast in
0: I don't know stand next to a, a pack of C4 it'll probably uh, mess you up pretty good <laughs> well I'm not
1: a demon from
3: hell you know <laughs> eh, just saying just saying <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. No, I can I can see what you're saying there. It's just it the way they the way they constructed the scene, it's it's hard
3: to
0: hard to see if that's what really happened. Oh, you know? yeah, right. They make it they make it they make it seem like he was blown up.
1: Oh no, I and I agree, like I said, until this viewing, that's what I always thought happened. He was blown up by the C four. But something about this this viewing made me think it's not that at all. The bomb just distracted him. But it, okay. it, I think it could be read either way, and I don't think either of us are wrong.
0: So, go back up top, and the Titans are trying to fly away from all these fire demons, but they they are caught up to, and they're knocked down to the ground again, and they're about to be attacked again. But Robin appears in the nick of time and destroys the demons, and uh, the Titans are just overjoyed. They they can't they're they're so happy to see their leader and their friend back, and. They aren't so happy to see that Raven is just a child now. Yeah. Um, Robin says, look, all we can do now is just launch one last desperation attack since the Ring of Azar has been destroyed.
1: Well, and we have to stress that Raven has believes she has no powers. Right. Because her powers came from Trigon, uh, so those are gone, or at least she thinks they are, and now that she's a child, she really thinks she doesn't have powers. Um, so when the Titans hear that, that then they're really like, Oh,
0: damn. Because Cyborg, I think Cyborg is one that says, her powers are all gone? Really? So Robin's like, this is it. One last fight. Us or him? You know, we got to do it. And so he walks over to Raven and says, this is your story, Raven. I don't know how it ends, but I believe when the time comes, you will know what to do. And Trigon, whom if you if you pay attention in the background, you can see him st- getting up off the throne just very briefly yeah you can that's pretty
1: cool just I'm throwing that in the background then he's like hi guys
0: (laughs) oh look at these roaches crawling around under my rocks that is great (laughs) you know what it's too bad he didn't do
1: what throw a rock at him sorry we missed yeah. the opportunity in the last episode with raven throwing them at Slade. it got pointed out at the forums that we missed it so i had yeah. to
0: make a joke about it here <laughs> yes we were very frustrated we were disappointed oh, in ourselves i
1: know i know
0: oh <laughs> <laughs> okay so yeah trigon lifts up the rock sees him he's like what strange vermin cower beneath my rocks yeah. and uh This forces the Titans' hand, and they just attack, you know, and Trigon's like, I've endured I've endured your existence long enough. So he captures them in this energy bubble, and they can't even move. And before he can finish them off, uh Slade shows up out of nowhere <laughs> and slices Trigon's left horn <laughs> off with the halberd. Yeah. And this hurts him very, very badly. Yeah. <laughs> and t- uh, the Titans attack, and they actually manage to hurt him somewhat, too. And Raven can't believe it. Uh, She's, she's, she's watching this and she's, her her spirits perk up a lot, really. And Slade, you know, after they've knocked Trigon to his knees, Slade comes back and says, for the record, I'm nobody's servant. (laughs) Hurls the halberd at Trigon's other horn and slices it off. Mm -hmm. And Trigon collapses in a heap and is just in immense pain is so he's just like, fuck this. So he blasts Slade with this optic energy blast and that, and it just, it, we don't even know what happens to him after this. Uh, and nearly vaporizes everyone else. And I can only assume Raven's power is the only reason they're all alive because they should all be turned to dust. Right. Yeah. Raven runs over to Robin's unconscious body and begs him to get up. Uh, she's near, near tears trying to get him to wake up. Um, and I like that because she doesn't go to the the super powerful, you know, alien from Tamaran or the, the half robot guy. She runs over to Robin. It's great. Well, um, I I just want to say, I mean, because
1: obviously it's because the way Robin's been treating her. With right. With respect. He's not afraid of her. He's got all this hope in his heart. He believes the day can still be saved. But there's also a part of me, and I've been thinking this for a while now, especially throughout this season, that believes that Raven might have a slight crush on Robin, mm-hmm. but she's not going to say anything. For one, she knows Starfire's feelings, and she's just going to say, "Okay, you know, I, I, I won't try to get in the middle of that." But two, she you know, even though she knows Robin trusts her and likes her and loves her as a friend, I, I think she still thinks that she's creepy. I mean, she 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 says it all the time that that she's creepy. And the people think that. And I think
0: deep down she's afraid that Robin will reject
1: her because she's quote-unquote creepy.
0: Well, Um, there's also the fact that, you know, her powers are controlled by emotions, and she's afraid. You know, love is a very strong emotion, mm -hmm. so she's afraid maybe her her powers will, you know, just go crazy if she allows her feelings to be known about Robin. Quite true, yeah, yeah. Trigon's blasted everybody. Raven, is trying to get Robin to awaken, and Trigon walks up and tries to kill Raven, but her powers are still intact. She just, her, she has a force bubble that protects her from the beam of energy. But, the, but they're new and powers, though. Right, they're white powers. White so power! White oh, energy.
1: wait, no, that's not good. Anyways, continue. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting this whole episode to make that joke.
0: <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, God. Um. Anyway, so she has the force bubble. And Trigon's just laughing and says, yeah, you may still have remnants of your power, but you're still no match for your all-powerful father. (laughs) Raven gets really, really angry, and she starts glowing, and she says, you may have sired me, i.e. raped my mother, Mm -hmm. but you were never my father. And when she says this, she is back into her teenage form and in the white cloak.
1: And long hair, we should say.
0: Yes, Mm -hmm. And she blasts Trigon repeatedly with uh, her new energy, and she chides him the whole time, basically for being an unfit parent. Yeah, and just saying you're a piece of shit. I hate you. Die, die, die. So the Titans. So basically, what you t-
1: hear all teenage girls say to their parents? Okay, sure.
0: <laughs> kind of, sort of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um. The Titans all stand behind her, and it looks like they give her power back to her. I think that's what's happening, yeah. Yeah. And she unleashes her all of her spirit energy at Trigon, which utterly obliterates him and restores the world to its beautiful blue old self. After this is over, the Titans all reunite on the street, and Cyborg's like, Raven, that was unbelievable. And Raven's like, no, it wasn't. Hmm. And she sees Robin and just runs over and hugs him and says, somebody believed. And this is awesome. I love this. I love this whole part. Yeah. And, uh, and, and of course, Beast Boy has to, to chime in and say, okay, the the white cloak and the the hugs are one thing, or the, uh, the smile are one thing, but hugs? Yeah. <laughs> just, are you still you? And Raymond's like, yeah, my favorite color is still blue, and don't get used to the smile because you're still not funny. <laughs> and Beast Boy's like, Raven, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and hugs her, yeah, like, and it's great. Yeah, what if she um, like? Quit it. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep, she's back to normal. Yeah, and they all go home, and Robin's standing at the window with the just some meter that he's reading, and Raven just asks, you know, what may, what happened to Slade, and he's like, we don't know. You know, he he got away. But if he ever comes back, we'll be ready for him. Raven just asks Robin, "You know, how can you remain so hopeful in this, in spite of all these impossible situations?" And Robin says, "It's because of you. You might not realize it, but you're the most hopeful person that I've ever known. Because from the day you were born, you were told to do unspeakable things, and in spite of it all, you dared to be a hero. And now you have your whole life ahead of you." And she's like. I guess in the end, it really wasn't the end. Mm -hmm. So the Titans all have a little party, and that's where it ends. Yeah, so uh,
1: what were you thinking about this third part here?
0: Well, I mean, it's very action-centric, which is to be expected, because it is the final part of a three-parter. It's going to happen. And uh, I love it. It it tied up everything. Uh, I I thought the way Raven uh, transformed back into her teenage form was awesome, Mm -hmm. just unleashing... Uh, just really, I guess what amounts to holy powers yeah. on, on Trigon was just awesome. I loved it. Uh, Slade, Slade continuing to be a badass, cutting off of cutting off Trigon's horns, saying "Fuck you, I was never your servant," <laughs> basically. And really, if you think about it, it's technically the last we ever see of Slade. Yeah, because what we see in the final episode
1: is a Slade bot. Yep. So not to spoil that for people who haven't seen it yet,
0: but yeah. I mean, really this whole story is it's very similar to uh, Norse mythology of Ragnarok where the you know the end of the world is set in stone but human beings persevere and fight against evil anyway oh, yeah. despite despite knowing it's gonna happen at some point yeah, so yeah. it's very similar to that I just thought that was kind of cool mm-hmm. but, yeah I really I it's like I said for birthmark and prophecy this whole this whole storyline is it's so dark but it's, I mean, it, it makes it such an epically great story. A very touching story, too. Oh, yeah. E- everything with Robin and Raven is just... It's beautiful. Yeah. See,
1: as much as I like this whole story and the third part, I do have a problem with the third part. And it may prevent me from giving this a perfect score, if I'm being honest. And <laughs> that's that I think the fight with the dark halves goes on way too long it takes up like half of the of the second episode and half of this episode so pretty much a full episode and it just keeps going and going and yes i understand they needed the other three titans they they needed something for them to do as you said james they couldn't go and face trigon directly but just there was just too much of that and i, I anytime i watch this one I do get a little bored, um, up until the point, I mean, when they switch out, then I get reinterested because it's like, oh, okay, n- I, I know it's ending soon and it's something different than watching Cyborg punch himself and his dark self punch him back, repeat with Beast Boy, repeat with Starfire, nasty remarks from all of them, blah, blah, blah. And uh, yeah, I just, I just do not like that aspect. I really, at least by the end of the story, I don't like the aspect of it.
0: I absolutely understand where you're coming from there. Can't fault you at all. Yeah. Um, Now, I want to bring up what I was hinting about what I was going to
1: say about Slade, okay? Mm -hmm. I think this was Slade's plan all along. I don't think he wanted to help Trigon end the world. I don't think he he, he wanted to do any of that. I think he was honestly tricking Trigon into giving him his soul back even if it meant having to go deeper into hell to face a century or a thousand centuries to do so. And I'll tell you why. He's got the ring of, what's it called, Azar? Mm -hmm. He's got that thing. So at some point he knew he was going to have to be protected against Trigon. Well, why would Slade have to be protected against Trigon? When Trigon ultimately betrayed him. He Mm -hmm. knew that was coming. Then... When we see uh, uh, Slade come back and talk to the Titans, he says, I wouldn't wish this on anyone, meaning the end of the world. But he helped bring it about. So why would he say that? Because he really didn't want that to happen. Because if the world is destroyed, Slade has no world for himself to take over. Exactly. Okay. And then at the end, as you noted, he says, by the way, I'm nobody's servant. Saying, ha ha ha, I tricked you all along, and now I've got what I wanted back. So, na 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 na, poo poo, and he raspberries the guy. You know, I I really, I honestly believe Slade knew what he was doing from the get-go. From the moment Trigon brought Slade back to life, after Terra killed him, Slade had this whole thing planned out. He knew Trigon wouldn't keep his bargain, and he knew what he'd have to do to get his soul back, and yes, it would mean the end of the world... But he knew the Titans would fix it. Because, I, mean, I mean, he teams up with the flipping Titans. There's no reason to do that. Well, he does it because he wants the world to be fixed so he himself can take it over down the line. Yeah. I mean, they never outright say that, but all the clues are there. I think that's brilliant. That
0: makes perfect sense. I'm very impressed. I never thought of that. Because, really, my, my initial thought whenever hearing Slade say, oh, I wouldn't wish this upon anyone, was that he was just lying. Oh. He was just giving lip service. But, but Slade doesn't
1: lie. I mean, well, he he might be a trickster sometimes, you know what I'm saying? But ultimately, he's often telling the truth because mm-hmm. he's, you know, and he's very brutal about the truth. So why would he say that? There's there's no reason he would say that.
0: No. Yeah. No. So, yeah, I'd I, I love that. That's a great explanation. I never thought of that before. Yeah.
1: Thank you. <laughs> um, what else about this third part, about the story as a whole? Just whatever's on your mind. Any notes you didn't get out?
0: I've... I've pretty much said my piece. I've, from birthmark on, I've just doted and doted upon this whole storyline. Yeah. Just, I love it to death. It is, it is so awesome. I I can't say that enough. mm
1: mm-hmm. uh, Do you just want to get to our scores, then? Um, I'm ready if you are. Okay, so, the end. The three-part story. What are you going to give it?
0: Though I can understand... You may not give it the score I'm going to give it, and I, I completely understand why you wouldn't. I'm giving it a 10.
1: Yeah. I, there's a part of me that it, it's hard for me not to give this one a 10. It really is. But the fight with the, with their dark selves just drags. It's fun at first. I like it. And then it just doesn't stop. Uh, well, I mean, it does stop, but
0: not, not soon <laughs> enough. So I will say I did enjoy the Beast Boy versus Beast Boy fights because you get all these animals fighting each other. And I
1: love, I love Dark Beast Boy's first transformation, the Cobra. The cobra. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's it just, yeah, they needed to shave like five minutes off that fight, and then I, then I think it would have gotten a perfect ten from me, but. Yeah, I mean, there's that other part of me that wants to go, but the Slade stuff, the subtle bits that we're doing with him, maybe that brings it back up, but no. it just I I honestly get bored every time I watch this one in the third part during that fight, and that that means it has to lose a point, so I'm sorry. This gets a nine from me.
3: Raven can still be saved. You will not dishonor our
0: friend with your trickery.
3: Whatever you're selling, we're not buying. Think of me what you will. But what Trigon did, even I wouldn't wish on this world.
1: It's a little late, for I'm sorry.
3: You mistake my generosity for regret, cyborg. I only offer my assistance because it suits me. But we saw Raven become the portal. She was destroyed. Raven has fulfilled the prophecy of her birth. That part of her existence is complete. But another part still remains. For the moment.
0: Why are you doing this? What's in it for you?
3: My reasons are my own. Do you want your friend back, or not?
1: Just tell us where she is, and we'll take it from there.
3: There will be no we. This is a journey only one of you may take.
1: No deal. She's our friend. All of us are going.
3: Then your friend is doomed to oblivion. You fail to realize Trigon is all-seeing. His mind can be at any place, at any time. For us to succeed, Trigon's attention must be occupied.
0: And how do you expect us to do that? We already
1: tried fighting him. Look where it got us.
3: It's the end of the world. Did you think it would be easy? I don't expect you to win. I don't even expect you to live. Only endure.
1: Feedback in the form of emails can be sent to feedback at worldsfinestpodcast.com. That's feedback at worldsfinestpodcast.com. Our voicemail number is 731-WFP-WFP0. 731-937-9370. 731-937-9370. And don't forget about our store, which can be found at earth2.net slash store. That's earth-2.net slash store. Next time on World's Finest Podcast, we'll discuss six more episodes of Teen Titans. Those being Homecoming, Trust, For Real, Snowblind, Coal, and Hide and Seek. For James Doe, I'm Michael David Sims saying thank you for listening to World's Finest Podcast.